0: Hello everybody. Welcome uh, to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're here today. We're going to continue on today in a series that we've been working through called You Have the Words. You Have the Words of Life. We're looking at things that Jesus has said uh, because that's important. He's our model for life and ministry. Uh, And we're also, uh, I'm sort of sharing with you a devotional tool. um, That's something I really enjoy where you take a verse or two and you take some time just to really think about it. And I've uh, used this term pretty much I think the whole time through 17 weeks. You might get tired of me saying it, but ask God to help you use your holy imaginations. God created you. He gave you imagination. Uh, He gave it to you for holy purposes and um, uh, oftentimes we need to redeem our imaginations. The the culture has been using them for other things and so uh, it's part of that process. But to um, uh, sort of really dwell on the, the Scripture, what was going on, especially in these, these things that we're looking at in, in the life of Jesus and the encounters that he has and, and the discussions that he has and the things he says, what was going on? Uh, what would it have been like to be one of the disciples? What would it have been like to be, you know, maybe one of the crowd that was following around? What would it have been like to be, you know, the Pharisees who were against him? What would it have been like um, in this process? What was really going on? And that this is a way to uh, just dig deeper into the Word. And the Holy Spirit, who illuminates the Word, will, will work with us and help us in the process. And I, I just want to encourage you to, uh, to sort of take that on as one of the things that you do in your life. And so we've been looking at that together. In this series, we're going to continue that today, um, looking at uh, Jesus and something He says, where He says, you know, Lord, sanctify them by Your truth, your word is truth. I want to talk about that with you today. Here in a few minutes, a um, couple of bad jokes in the transition. So the, yeah, two bad jokes. Here we go. So there's this golfer uh, and he gets up and he hits a drive and uh, it sort of uh, lands right on an anthill. And rather than move the ball and take a penalty stroke or anything, he, he decides this, he's going to hit it right where it's laying takes a big swing, clouds of dirt and sand and ants just explode everywhere, but the ball doesn't even move a little bit. So the guy lines up again, takes another mighty swing, again dirt, sand, ants, everything flying everywhere, but the ball doesn't even wiggle. Two ants survive this whole process. One of these dazed the ants looks to the other and says, wow, what are you going to do? The other ant says, I don't know about you, but I'm going to get on that ball. <laughs> ant humor got nothing. All right. Okay. So I know that didn't work for some of you. So this, uh, this older couple, uh, this guy is starting to think that his wife has uh, developed a hearing problem and he decides to test out his theory. So uh, she's sitting in a chair sort of facing the other way. He stands behind her and he, he says softly, uh, honey, can you hear me? No response. So he moves a little closer and he says honey can you hear me still no response finally he moves right up behind her and he says honey can you hear me and she says for the third time yes (laughs) that's pretty funny right? (sighs) okay John chapter 17 is our scripture reading here on purpose beginning in verse 14 I have given them your word And the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I want to, like I said, dig into that 17th verse. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Now, we have um, been looking at that word sanctify keeps popping up in the things that we're talking about. And I said to you, you, know that fancy word sanctification has to do with the change that's taking place in us from the time that we come to Christ until the time that we go to be with Him. And that we are undergoing this change. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit. The language we give to that process here is living by doing the next right thing. That's what it means, Um, and that's what we look at. We've we've said that, you know, amazingly, because we are justified in Christ when God sees us, He sees us now in Christ as if we've never sinned. That's an amazing thing, but um, in in this uh, natural life, we're still dealing with the messes in our life, we get that to be true, so we're in process of sanctification, till the point when we go to be with Him, or He comes to get us, whichever, and then um, glorification takes place, uh, that's part of the eternal, and and it's the the sin is just completely and totally removed at that point, it all happens in this process. But we're being changed now, um, as the Spirit of God works in us, and as we yield to what He's doing. In us. And, and part of this process, that Jesus says, you know, this process is done by the truth, and your word is truth. And um, there's a few things that I just want to tag into the Scripture reading before we dig in, that Jesus says. Uh, he says, you know, he's given us his word, and, and then he says, you know, Lord, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. And and that um, we understand this, that there's a battle going on, that we have a very real enemy. The evil one um, is our enemy, and what he wants to do is steal life from us. Uh, You know, he's really trying to keep people that don't know Jesus blinded to the truth. He's busy doing that. But for those of us who've already come to know the truth and who are in um, the kingdom of God, uh, in Christ, What the enemy wants to do though is steal life away from us that that Jesus has come to give us, that real, full, abundant life. And we said he uses tricks, traps, deceptions, lies, shame, guilt, fear, all those things in the process. But but, but the prayer here is, you know, Lord, don't take them out of the world because we have a calling, we have a purpose, we have a mission. There's things we need doing here. We're to be a light into this world around us so that people can come to know Jesus. But he says, protect them from the evil one. And then he says, you know, sanctify them. Let this change happen by your word, by the truth. And your word is truth. And so what we need to do um, is this. is We need to be those whose perspective comes not from the culture around us, but from the word of God, uh, from the throne room of God. And, and we have to really be aware of this, this whole situation going on is that the culture around us um, is constantly trying to shape our perspective and um, it's an ongoing thing. And we're bombarded by the perspective of our culture. We really can't escape it because it, it hits us constantly. It's, it's um, you know, culturally where we're at now, the, the, uh, the, um, the amount of information that, that is given to us on a regular basis. And I, my concern is, my thought is that what's happened because of it, it certainly can be a good thing, but the downside of it is it causes people to be fearful. There's so much mess happening all the time, all around us, that people, over time, have gotten more and more isolated and more and more fearful. And I would say that's fairly, um, a fairly typical description of a lot of the people in our culture. For example, just in my lifetime, now I'm, not, I'm, I'm almost 55, uh, and things have changed dramatically in the course of my lifetime. Uh, and I think about this. Uh, and and just, just thoughts, I'm tossing out there in this. But when I was a kid, uh, so it's a long time ago now, but say seven, eight, nine years old, it was very normal for me to leave the house in the morning and not come back to the house until it was dark. That was my only rule. Just be back before it's dark. If you were back at dark, there was no worrying. If you weren't back at dark, then there might be a little problem when you got back. But you had all day to basically be, as a kid, anywhere you wanted. Uh, and I would travel, even that young age, for miles away from the house on journeys and adventures and with my bike and walking and exploring. and This was my life. I didn't, I didn't leave the house with provisions or anything. If I got thirsty, I don't know how many of you did this, you'd just go to the cl- closest house that had a hose hooked up to the side. You'd turn on the hose, you'd get yourself a drink. Nobody ever minded that. You know, you, it was okay and you, you had learned pretty quickly. You let the hot stuff kind of pass through. But a good drink of plastic-tasting water was awesome. <laughs> we survived it. And we would go, but, um, you know, in, in just a short, really relatively short period of time, when you consider, you know, in 30 years or so, I know with my own children, I didn't, I didn't allow that to continue. Uh, you know, I wanted to know where they were all the time. I didn't want them off the street. And I think, well, what's changed so dramatically? Has evil increased so dramatically that things change like that? And, and certainly, evil has increased. But I think what happened was, um, when I was a kid, these horrible stories of what was going on in the world around us weren't so available. Um, and you sort of heard about things that happened maybe, you know, close to you, but you didn't have them compounded by all the events that were happening everywhere. And over time, um, the reality of, of how evil everything was just became so apparent that we really began to shut down. I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just saying things changed pretty dramatically in a short period of time. And that the continued impact is that we sort of withdraw more and more. Um, we've, we've shut down a lot. I, I don't know, uh, when I was a kid, um, we knew like all of the neighbors. We had block parties pretty regularly. All the kids hung out together. You know, we, we would do things like that. I, I, I think that that's changed pretty dramatically. A lot of times people don't even know their neighbors um, and, and, uh, or barely know them. Um, and again, it's, it's just that things have changed. So. Uh, being aware of that, then, uh, we have to make sure that we start to think differently in the process. Now, I'm not saying turn your kids loose by, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just using that as an example. Uh, I'm saying that we need to be aware that we're influenced by all of this sort of bad news and negativity that comes at us and the fear that it generates in our lives. So, first thing, point one, we have to stop thinking the way the world does. We, we don't want that to be the uh, the measuring rod of how we sort of think about things. Romans 12, 2, Paul said, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I think certainly that sounds good. We all want to be moving into God's will for our lives. And so part of this is the transformation that takes place by the renewing of our minds. So most of us have been just uh, continually inundated with stuff from the culture, and we need something that begins to change our minds, so that we think differently. And, and so rather than being consumed by fear, we have to learn how to focus our thoughts on the kingdom of God and the things of God in the process. So, so secondly then, what we need is we need to start thinking God's way. Instead of thinking the world's way, which is what we have a tendency to do, just because we're sort of trained that way, we have to start thinking God's way. And our mind is renewed by the Word of God, uh, which is the sword of the Spirit. I love this description, Hebrews 4.12. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Timothy says this, all Scripture, that's the Word of God, is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man, the person of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So um, we have a perspective that's not great, most of us, because of all the stuff that we're hit with. Um, It's pretty clear that God has given us His Word so that we can begin to change our perspective, to change the way we think, and, and, uh, and, and to undergo this sort of sanctification process. Now, what we need to do, and if you've been here before, you've heard me, I will get to this fairly regularly in our discussions. Point three is we have to spend time in His Word. We have to spend time in His Word, in the Word of God. His Word is truth. This whole process that we're talking about, sanctification, um, is yielding to the Holy Spirit and, and, and then doing things God's way. But a lot of times, um, we... The idea of living by doing the next right thing, we're not exactly sure what the next right thing is because we may not have our minds renewed in that process yet. And we may still be doing um, things that the culture sort of has determined for us is the next right thing. And and that's really not. We want to do God's next right thing in our life. And so part of the process is knowing um, what's in the book. See, he put lots of neat stuff in this book. It's all neat stuff. Um, and it's here for our benefit. Yeah, you know, there's lots of different ways to think about the Bible. One of the ways I love to think about it, it's a big giant love letter written to us. And, and he wrote it to each one of us. It's just, you know, our Heavenly Father saying, Listen, I love you so much. Here you go. I'm going to write this. And he, it's a fascinating book. Because, you know, I, I love so much about the Bible. Like, like he, you know, in the Bible, um, when we read in the New Testament, like in Hebrews, about the, the heroes of our faith, these, these are some awesome people who took these huge risks because of, of you know, their faith in God and, and how much they trusted Him and they're recorded as these great giant heroes of the faith. But when you read about them back in the Old Testament, you know what you find out? They were kind of regular folks like us. And along the journey, they did a lot of stuff that wasn't great. They made some mistakes. Anybody here ever make a mistake? Anybody here kind of... They sort of sometimes would sort of go half in with God. Any of you ever kind of go half in? Uh, they'd sort of listen and go, well, okay, kind of. And they'd sort of move in that direction, but, but not fully. But, but, you know, it was movement. And I love that those things are recorded here because I, it gives me hope. Because I've messed it up so many times. I want to do it right, but I mess it up all the time. But see, if we don't read the book and we don't spend time in the book, we sort of um, short-circuit this whole process that, that the Lord is, is doing in us, in this, this sanctification process is us yielding to the Spirit, but but some of what the Spirit uses in us is the, the, the book being there where he can use it to help us. And the only way that happens is by reading it. Um, you have to read the book. Now if people, you say that all the time, yeah, but I have this thought that the enemy does this. Um, because his whole deal is stealing life from you, and if, if he knows that he's already lost you into the kingdom, he's got them. He's, but now he just wants you to be miserable. He certainly doesn't want you to experience life. One of his biggest tactics is to keep believers from reading the book. He's been really successful. He, he's, distractions come in, and all sort of other things come up, and some good things come up. But nothing replaces just spending a little time reading the book. And, and so I bring it up fairly regularly because I understand how quickly it gets taken away from us. And that, that you have to develop a, a, an ongoing daily time in the book. As a believer, you have to pick that process up. You have to. Uh, and, and there's no other way around it. There's nothing else that takes its place. There's nothing like it. So you, you have to develop this thing in your life. And, and I, wanna, I, I will promise you, I don't promise a lot of stuff, I will promise you, if you will make it a regular part of your daily life, you will notice that it will change your life. I promise. It has to. It always does. i tell you, in the course of my Christian walk and in the 30-year journey, um, you know, there have been times when I, when I have and when I haven't, and, you know, there's been times when I had sort of a professional relationship with the Bible because I have to open it all the time. I've got to talk about it. But that's not the same as a time just between me and God reading His Word and thinking about it. And at the point when that finally developed in my life, things changed. It's not perfect, but they changed. They lots of stuff. Just there's there's material available to the spirit to work in you. And all of a sudden you go, oh. You ever have one of those light bulb things when the when the Bible when you're reading it? It'll happen all the time if you read it regularly. it be light bulbs like oh. I, I've read this book a lot of times. Every time I read it, something really, I don't and, and I'll think. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And I know I've read it a hundred times. And all of a sudden it'll just bounce out because it, it's alive and active. Remember the Hebrews? It's the living Word. The Spirit just takes it go boom, and you go, wow! And See, I say this often. I want that to be your experience. I, you know, in, in my life, you, you hear me say things, but if, if I can get people to know Jesus, that's, that's, you know, my main push. But then after that, I, I don't want to leave it there. If I, this is next. Can I get you into this book? And actually reading it all the time. Now you, oh, that's a lot, I'm really busy. I know. But, but how about five minutes? That's why people look at me give, me, give five minutes a day to this book, make it a habit, it'll change your life. Because my thought is if you go five, you'll end up going 10, because it's a good book. If you, if you get stuck, you know, I will press into something else. I always tell people, well, what should I read? Read the Proverbs. If you don't read anything else, just do that. That would be a huge change in your life. And you've heard me say, there's 31 chapters of Proverbs. There's usually 31 days in a month. Whatever day it is, read that proverb. It doesn't even take five minutes, two or three minutes. I don't have time. Okay, I'm going to say this. People will get upset with me, but that's okay. Put a copy of the Bible in your bathroom. You will have time to read a proverb every day. I promise. You're looking for something to read. (laughs) Yeah. You know you've done it. You've read the back of cans and spray cans and stuff. You've got to sit there longer than you. Put your Bible in there. A Bible. Doesn't need to be a good one. But stick a Bible in there. Read a proverb. Just make it. Listen, do something to make a change in your life because it will change you. And so I know I harp on that a lot, but it needed to come up again. And it's because the enemy will steal it away from you. Bible reading plans are great things. I do. I have one that I use. But can I tell you uh, why, why Bible reading plans don't work for so many people? Because you miss a day. And then you think, okay, now I got two days worth of reading, which is like too much. And you miss another day, and then you just give up. So I use the same plan constantly. I'm going to use the, unless God tells me to change, I've used the same one for years. If I miss a day, which I don't do very often, but if I do, I'll get it next year. Uh, So I don't sweat it. Hop back in where I'm at, and then it works. Find something that works, but works for you, and do it every day. Find a time that works for you, and that might change. You know, now my time is early in the morning. There were years and years and years where it was late at night. But, you know, just the rhythms of your life. Find a spot, five minutes, ten minutes. It will change everything. But I need you to make it a, a, you know, a part of, of your daily life, because it will change you. And, um, and that's, you know, why I wanted to talk about that today. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers but his delight is in the law of the Lord on his law he meditates uh, meditates day and night he's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season whose leaf does not wither whatever he does prospers life uh, is found in meditating on the Word of God and uh, and making it a process of your life take a time every day to read his book fourth thing I had in there was we need to be thankful this is just an attitude um, that we develop, and it sort of breaks us free from that fear thing that the culture puts on us and the, and the whole thing they do. Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 8, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding who guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things." With thanksgiving, we present our requests to God, the things that are going on. We get before Him and we pray and, and be thankful. Uh, that, I think that, that begins to change everything from the, the sort of fear-based culture we live in. Um, our culture is, is consumed by what it doesn't have instead of being thankful for what it does. And that, just, just that simple change will change everything in your life. And, and so, you know, today, th- that, that's, think about that scripture this week. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Change them by your word. And, and so just take time drinking in, spending time in the book. Five minutes. I, I, I promise it'll change your life you can go more, great. But fine, let's start there. But do it every day. Don't let this get stolen from you. It's one of the biggest tricks that the evil one's up to, and uh, we need to be aware of it, so we need to talk about it. So think about what you can do to spend that time with him every day. It will be worth it. All right, that's uh, good. If you're watching my video, thank you for doing that. We appreciate you doing it. If you need prayer, go to the website, call us. We'll pray for you, um, but that's good for today.